You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. Yes, well, my name is Amy, and I am just so grateful to be here this evening with you all. It is truly one of my favorite things to be able to um, yeah, speak at young adults because I just so believe in the vision and mission of this ministry, and I'm so grateful for Evan and Larissa. Can we just like give them a round of applause because we love Evan and Larissa. And honestly, I'm just so grateful for even Evan in my life. He, um, he always tells people that I'm the little sister that he never wanted because I work with him. So of course he gives me a little bit of a hard time, but genuinely he's the big brother that I never knew I needed because he genuinely has, has taught me so much. He's led me so well and he's, uh, yeah, he's just incredible. So him and Larissa, I just am so grateful for this ministry and grateful to be a part of this this evening. So um, yeah, for those of you who have um, never been here before or you don't really know what's going on or around Faith Chapel, we have been walking through a series called Threads, and Threads is our way of just navigating through the, na- the, the narratives and themes and um, different types of subjects throughout the Bible in a one cohesive way. And so we are walking through a chunk of the series right now called Elements. And so I'm really excited. I have learned a lot from this series, but I'm also really looking forward to, yeah, just unpacking what, what God has placed on my heart for tonight. So before we do that, Let me pray for us and then we'll jump in. Oh, King Jesus, I'm so grateful that you work in spite of me and within me. Lord, that even in my brokenness and in my um, fallibility as a human, you still shine through. And so, Father, tonight, I just ask for more of you. Lord, we just want more of you. We need more of you in our culture. We need more of you in our city. We need more of you in our country, Lord. But most of all, we need more of you in our hearts. And so, um, Lord, will you open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to uh, receive what you have in store for this evening? Thanks, Father. Amen. Amen. So um, I would highly encourage if you do not go to service here on the weekends, I would so encourage for you to check out the sermon from this last weekend because the, Nate just tackled the subject that we're going to be tackling tonight, and that is wind. And he did so, so well at unpacking what wind is, the meanings behind it throughout the Bible. And it was really such a fantastic sermon. And so I would highly recommend going back through them, um, going back through that specific sermon. But Um, Just a quick question that I have for you all. Who recently moved here to Montana? Good. All right. We got one. Let me just, oh, a couple. Okay. Let me personally apologize to you because um, we are a well-ventilated state and we are about to enter into our windy season and it is just a super fun time for those of you who don't have long hair. You're just blessed by the Lord, I guess, because when I go outside, I'm like, why even try? This is stupid, especially from like October, November, December. It's just wind. And then March for some reason, which I'm really bummed about because my birthday's in March. So I'm just like, this is stupid. Come on, Lord. What's with that? But anyway, for you Montanans, you get it. You'll be fine. You'll figure it out later. But as I was thinking through just this narrative of what wind is and what it represents, Wind was actually a pretty common theme throughout the Bible. The Lord used it, God used it in a lot of different ways. And the number one thing that wind represents throughout the Bible is God's power, that God, God used the wind in powerful ways, but it also just showed and portrayed how powerful God is. And there's a Hebrew word in the Bible that's called um, ruach, 
ruach, and it means wind, breath, and spirit. Wind, breath, and spirit. And it was a pretty prominent um, word that was used to communicate multiple different things in different stories throughout the Bible. And so I'm really looking forward to unpacking just what wind is. And I'm gonna, we're gonna focus in on one specific story in Ezekiel 37 about a, a, a chunk of time where the Lord used wind to create some pretty miraculous things. But before I do that, I just wanna, I just wanna tell you that um, I am so grateful to be able to be on this platform and be with you all. I love speaking at young adults because I am a young adult myself. I also understand what it's like to have to navigate, what, what's my purpose? Where am I going? What am I doing? What career am I wanting? How do I balance this desire to, to also have a successful career but also maybe have a family and be married one day? What does that look like? How do I know that I'm walking in a healthy format? And something that I have been personally challenged with in the last couple of weeks is this perception or this challenge um, to be really intentional about how I incorporate my relationship with God in this. How I, relation, how I intentionally incorporate my relationship with God in, in how I live, in how I speak, in, in my relationships. And, and I'm constantly wrestling out this tension of what does that look like? What does that mean when, how do, I, how do I keep following after the Lord when I am deeply immature at some points? When I have problems and pain, when I have insecurities and fear, how do I wrestle this out? How do I show people that I love them when I work with them and they drive me nuts, right? How do I do this well? And so I'm really just looking forward to showing you a little bit of what I unpacked in this specific chunk of scripture because I really believe that it's helping me personally re-engage in incorporating my relationship with Jesus and how I live my life and allowing his leadership and lordship to dictate that. And I also think that it could be helpful for you. So we're gonna dive right in into verses one through three, Ezekiel 37, and it says this. The hand of the Lord was on me. And he brought me out by his spirit and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were a great many of them on the surface of the valley and they were very dry. Then he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? I replied, Lord God, only you know. The valley was full of bones. One, how spooky just looking at these bones all over the place. But also, it was in, it's interesting that Ezekiel became very familiar with them, that the Lord, he said that the Lord led him around the bones. It, he led him through the valley to become well familiar with the things that surrounded him. And they were very dry. You know, I think what's interesting to me about this specific part is that I notice that it's so easy for me to become familiar only with the devastation in my life. That I fixate on the things that are going wrong, the doubt, the despair, the depression, and I so easily forget the things that God is doing. I so easily forget that he is powerful. And it's fascinating to me 
that I, I keep looking at these things that have let me down or keep me down. And I only see my inferiority or my insecurity or my in, inability to do something about the devastation that surrounds me. And I think it's easy, it's so easy for us to become passive to the pain that I perceive, to just let it kind of be there. I just sit in the middle of my brokenness, of my devastation. And it's funny, as I look around the things that, that surround me that are painful and challenging, it's almost as if I'm using them as evidence to God. Going, see, you are now rendered useless. You cannot change this. You cannot heal this because all I have to show you to prove is this brokenness that lays around me. And so I would maybe ask the same question of you. Are you in a valley of dry bones? And what are those dry bones? What are the challenges that you face? How similar or is your life or a part of your life in this specific season to the valley of the dry bones? And are you only familiar with this? And you know, it's, what was really interesting to me was at first glance, Ezekiel's response to God's question was weirdly passive. Like, the Lord was like, hey, do you think these bones can live? And he's like, I don't know. I mean, sure. I mean, you know. Do you, but you know. What do you think? But sure. <laughs> right? And I thought that was so fascinating to me because I was like, dude, he just asked you a pretty big question. And you're like, I don't know. You know, though. You want to tell me? Like, I think that that's, that's an interesting response. But taking a second look at this, in, in my Bible, I was looking at this chunk. And when it said, I replied, Lord God, only you know. Lord God is in all caps. And I went, that's weird. Why is Lord God in all caps? And in the Bible, when, when something is, is capitalized in this way, it means that you need to pay attention to it. Because, because in the Bible, it, the, the Lord God, so like the name of God, when it is capitalized, it's actually telling you a very specific name of God. It's an indication that Ezekiel, Ezekiel used one of God's specific names. And the names of God are important because they are different and they represent different things about his identity and his character. It would be like if somebody called you Peanut, right? And you could either be really small or you could be really large because your friends are mean, right? Like it's a nickname. Or you could use your full name, Amy Claire Mitchell. And I'm like, yes, sir. Yeah, right? The, the, the names that we have have different meanings. And so in this specific chunk, Lord God means Adonai Yahweh. When he says this, he says, Adonai Yahweh, only you know. And Adonai Yahweh means sovereign Lord, master. So what was happening with this title of Adonai, it means that he, that, that Ezekiel was reminding himself of a very big piece of God's character. He was not passive in saying, Lord, you know. He was saying, Adonai Yahweh, master, sovereign Lord, the one, the supreme ruler over all, you know. You know which is fitting for what's about to take place because Ezekiel wasn't fixed on what was around him, even though he was familiar with it. He was fixed 
on a crucial part of God's character and was standing and speaking out in faith. In verses four through eight, it says this. He said to me, prophesy concerning these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says to these bones. I will cause breath to enter you and you will live. I will put tendons on you, make flesh grow on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you so that you come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded. While I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. As I looked, tendons appeared on them, flesh grew and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Ezekiel springs into action. God tells him to act, to speak, to do something, to partner with God. Hear the word of God. Hear the word of Adonai Yahweh, of the supreme ruler, of the master, of the sovereign one. Hear the word of God. Then action takes place. You know, what really struck me about this, this next chunk is the process that the Lord is setting out here that there is a process to what he said. He said God spoke that he would cover them with tendons and with flesh and with skin. God said that he would make them alive. He said that he would go and do these things, but yet they, they, it was a partial. It was a, a moment of partial promise fulfilled. What are the promises that God has spoken to you? What are the things that he has specifically spoken over your life, over your callings, over your future, over your family, over your careers? What are the promises that he has for you? Because when we partner with God, when we walk with him, when we, when we go through the motions of looking to him first before we act, there's always a process of timing. It's not an immediate fix. You know, it's, it's, it's really difficult and challenging because we may have had really bad histories with promises, right? With a parent, that said they would be there and they weren't, a friend that didn't come through for you, or even just look at the propaganda that's in our media right now. Like brand promise that, that doesn't actually come through. You know, guys, you click on one weird advertisement one time and <laughs> you're, you're just very curious and then all of a sudden you just have this weird advertisement, just keep on, you click on colon broom one time, okay? I was curious, all right? And it's this absolute sham about like healthy weight loss supplement, and I'm like, you're wrong, this is wrong. And now my Instagram is convinced I wanna buy colon broom, and I just hate the name, I think the name is so stupid, but anyway, <laughs> right? Like our lives are saturated with broken promises, including brand promises. But you know what I've learned? We cannot sift God through our broken promises, through our bad experiences. 
We need to allow our bad experiences and broken promises that were made to us to be sifted by the sovereign one. We need to allow space for God to recognize, to to help us recognize that he is bigger than the hurt and the destruction that we have seen in our past. And I love that God used this specific situation, how he used this very specific process. Because Ezekiel saw the fulfillment of God's word come to be, but it was partial. That there was still a moment where there was no breath in them. And the breath was the most important part. And I love how God showed such a beautiful piece of his character in that. That he does not speak or say things lightly. In verses 9 through 10, it says this. He said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man. Say to it, this is what the Lord God says. Breath come from the four winds and breathe into these slain so that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. The breath entered them and they came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. God always follows through on what he promises. God always follows through on what he promises. There are no such thing as partially complete promises with him. They may wait for a moment, but they will not wait forever. God's timing is better than our own. He will be intentional. You see, the, the, what was more important than a complete body was the breath that would fill it because motivation matters. Motivation and life matters. With God, there is always a process and timing. And I would have loved to be Ezekiel. And there are circumstances in my life where I would love to be like, it's good now. Ta-da! And it's over, right? I would love for that to be a part of my story. I would love for there to be opportunities where I'm like, I'm just gonna like pray about it and it's gonna be okay, right? (laughs) And I, I feel like that's just so passive of me when in reality, my desires, my timing, my process is always rooted in instant gratification. My timing is always rooted in a place that's not of the Lord because the Lord loves a good process. And we as a people, me as a believer, I need to hold the vision and trust the process. I need to trust that God's gonna come through even if I only see it partially fulfilled. And I think it's, it's this, this perspective of breath entering them. When we are defeated, when the breath is knocked out of us, when we are hopeless, when we are filled with despair, it is 10 times harder to go and do something, to go and try and step into our, our calling or step into a passion or step into something that the Lord is offering to us. It's 10 times harder to do that. And I know that it is so much easier for me to follow somebody who's like spirited and excited and enthusiastic, right? But if it's like, come on, dude, you wanna come? Like, no. <laughs> I just am like not motivated by that. You might be, but I'm not. (laughs) There's something important about our motivation because our motivation matters. 
And I would ask that question of you. Where are you finding your motivation? Where is your life coming from? What are the things that fill you up, that spur you on, that push you, that give you hope? What are those things? Because motivation matters. The breath of life within us matters. In verses 11 through 14, it says this, to conclude the story. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Look how they say our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the Lord God says. I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them, my people, and lead you into the land of Israel. You will know that I am the Lord, my people, when I open up your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it. This is the declaration of the Lord. Ooh, I just love that ending where he's like, I will do it. I just love that. I love how the Lord brings reality into this. Israel felt that they had no more hope, that they were better off dead, that they were a pile of dry bones. Because at this specific time, these were real cries from real people in a really bad situation. The Israelites had just been conquered by the Babylonians and their land was destroyed, they were taken away, people were dead, and they had no more hope. So this was a prophetic picture for them, for his people, that he would fulfill his promises to them. This was a promise that he would restore them, he would renew them, he would bring them out of their graves. But they could not see or fathom that God was powerful enough that he was sovereign enough to do this. And so God acted on their behalf. He spoke into this and he promised. And the best part is he did come through. And the most wonderful part about this is that there is a fulfillment to the promise that I am reaping the rewards of. And that is what Jesus did on the cross because of his deep love for us, because of this, this powerful promise that God said that he would go and he would act on behalf of his people, that he would set them free from the burdens of their past. Their past. He, would, he would absolutely create space for them to have real life. And we have access to this now in the name of Jesus. We are able to walk in wholeness and in, in fullness because of what happened with Jesus. And the Holy Spirit, this spirit that he's talking about, this Holy Spirit is there to, to renew us, to restore us, to remove the obstacles that we face. He now has created space for us as a people. The promises that he proclaimed to Israel are something that we get to stand in now. And, and that spirit, guys, wow. 
all about restoration and renewal. That he is taking something that used to be dead, raising it to new life, setting it on a path of newness. That is what it means to follow God. That is what it means to be a Christian, to intentionally incorporate his leadership and lordship in our lives. But we must be so intentional to know what the motivation is. What is our motivation? And it's the Holy Spirit. He gives us, he gives us direction. He gives us, he gives us new, new, um, new ways of loving people well. When we, when we are strengthless, he is strength-filled. He sets us up so that we can go and do and have a purpose and be. So my question to you is where are you at? Where are you at? Are you on that val- in that valley of dry bones where all you can fixate on is the destruction and devastation? Are you waiting on God's promises? And it's getting hard. It's getting difficult. You are getting weary. Are you waiting on God's promises to be fulfilled? Has he told you a not yet? Has he said, I spoke these to you about stand in faith and remember that I am Adonai Yahweh? Or are you on the other side, filled with the spirit, ready to move, ready to move into this? You know, I think it's time for the wind of the spirit to spur us up a little bit, to create space in our lives, to refresh us, to reinvigorate us, to set us up. A couple, a couple weeks ago or whenever this thing came out, I, I was sent a graphic um, of a breakdown of the most depressed cities in the United States of America. You know who is number one? Billings, Montana. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting about Billings, Montana? We're a valley. But it is time for that valley to not be filled with dry bones any longer. We will be a vast army filled with the spirit to go out and to conquer the land that was taken from us. And we're going to claim some authority in Jesus' name. Amen. We're done. Because it is now time for this. We do not need to be filled with dry bones any longer. And it grieves the heart of the Lord when we walk in depression and doubt. We know what that's like. We know what that's like. We know people who have only fixed their eyes on what's broken around them. We know, we know the suicide rates. But right now, in Jesus' name, I say no more. We're done with that. It's time for us to be filled once again because God is powerful. He is Adonai Yahweh. He is sovereign. He loves us. He is for us. He is not against us. It's time for the wind of the spirit to reinvigorate us. It's time for the wind of the spirit to flow in this place, for us to have breath within our lungs, for us to run the race with endurance. Because truth be told, even death cannot keep you down. (laughs) Even death cannot keep you down. Even depression cannot keep you down. Even your darkest fears cannot keep you down. Your greatest doubts cannot keep you down because there is a living God who lives within you.
So let's go. This is, I'm, I'm done with Billings being number one, okay? It can go to the bottom slot now. But it starts with us. And this is not too complicated. It's not too complicated for God. So tonight, I want you to be able to have a little bit of space. At the end, there's gonna be leaders who are up here to pray because I firmly believe in the power of prayer. And if you need prayer for healing, healing over your hearts, maybe it's a healing for a negative mindset that you just keep re-coming re- re- back to. Maybe it's, maybe it's um, healing of a fear. Maybe it's a, a breaking down of a fear and, and reestablishing some stuff with the Lord. Maybe for you, it's your first time establishing your relationship with God tonight, that you wanna be filled with the Holy Spirit. But tonight, I just wanna create space for you to just sit if you want to. If you wanna process this on your way home, you can too. But for the next little bit, we're just gonna create some space for prayer. So I'm gonna pray, and then we're just gonna have it kinda quiet in here. If, If everybody at the end wants to go on out, they can, but let me pray for us and we'll just sit in it together. Heavenly Father, I praise you for you are a good king and you are a good and sovereign Lord. God, you are so faithful that even when we stand in the middle of our devastation and desolation, Lord, you are still so faithful to speak life even over the driest places even the most depressed places, even the most doubtful places, Lord, you speak life. And so, Father, tonight I just ask that our our hands would be open, that we would just be authentic and real with you, that there would be space for you to do exactly as you want. God, I pray over all of the hearts in this room right now, Lord, if they are aching and weary, I ask for your healing breath to come and breathe over them. Lord, I ask for their eyes to fix firmly on you, that they would remember who you are. Yeah, and Lord, that we would be filled with your Holy Spirit, that we would be refreshed in your Holy Spirit. Yeah, and that there would be newness in this next chapter. Lord, that we would be a vast army ready to go to make you known, (laughs) to know you, and to love people well. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.